This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is former NFL player Ronnie Brown. Ronnie, how's it going? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. How about you, Sam? It's going good. I appreciate you coming on. I know uh, we've been playing a little uh, phone tag, but, you know, finally got you on, so I'm pumped about it. Yeah, man, I'm excited to be on here. I appreciate you for having me. Before we uh, go into your NFL career, what what have uh, what has Ronnie Brown been up to nowadays after retirement? So since retiring, man, I when I first got done, you know, I started chasing the little golf ball for a while. Really enjoyed that. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do now. Not that I'm very good at it, but <laughs> I just like it. Um, but then outside of that. You know, I started doing um, some freelance work. I worked with the the radio broadcast crew down at Auburn um, on the weekends doing some radio stuff, kind of staying close and being able to mentor a lot of the young guys and and take me close to the program. And then outside of that, I'm working as a financial professional now. So uh, when it got licensed and registered, you know, working as a financial advisor now. How did you uh, get into that financial advisor? Well, I, I was interested in, you know, as I kind of got out of college you know I was a communications graduate thought I wanted to go into you know the broadcasting field but I think it was just more so that was familiar territory but as I kind of navigated my way through my career you know through injuries and through different things and seeing you know things change you know I was interested in the business side and so in seeing that you know I just felt like you know I wanted to do something one to educate myself but then two as I got older you know just kind of looking at you know, where I was and how far I'd come just in terms of knowledge wise and, you know, understanding of the business and, you know, seeing a lot of young guys come in, they reminded me of myself. Um, you know, I wanted to have an impact. So when I retired, you know, I was trying to figure out the best way to be able to assist a lot of these individuals and, and, you know, make a difference. And, you know, I felt like that's the challenging area for a lot of people. You look at the statistics of, you know, 78% of NFL players, you know, um, either go broke or have some kind of financial difficulties within three years of being retired or out of the NFL. And then I think it's 60% of NBA guys within five years. So when you look at the statistical numbers, you know, it doesn't typically make sense to to the public. Um, but for me going through it and understanding and not really coming out of a situation where I was, you know, as financial literate as I would have liked to have been, you know, I felt like this is a great opportunity to come in and help a lot of these individuals and understand the importance of what, wealth building is and accumulating wealth and, you know, being able to transfer that wealth to generations. So, um, you know, I just kind of embarked on that journey. I was fortunate enough. I was around a few individuals while I was in Miami, you know, and we opened up a community bank. And so that was a, a start and that was the catalyst for me trying to learn and get the information. Yeah. Are you working with NFL guys right now? Um, so yeah, so I, um, have a few guys that we work with, have a couple NBA guys, um, on a team we work with, uh, current golfer as well. Um, but just, you know, I think doing that. And then we also work with non-athletes. So, you know, my goal is realizing that since I've retired, but, you know, as I continue to go and progress each level, there was a lot of people that assisted me in this process, you know, whether it's coaches, teachers, or, you know, very influential people that I've come across. You know, so just in knowing that everybody who has some type of success story um, has had in, individuals in their lives that have helped, you know, to to get to that point. So, you know, it's my goal and my obligation. I just feel, you know, dedicated. I want to give back to people like, 
mm-hmm. you know, someone, some of the people gave to me. And so, you know, being in this field, I think it's, it's rewarding um, to see people um, get that financial um, comfort, mm-hmm. you know, and knowing to have a to plan and then, you know, to see the plan come, you know, into work and to envision, to envision that plan, you know, and, and kind of strategically keep working at a building, you know, you know, I think there's a great uh, feeling of comfort in that. And then so, you know, I just kind of been excited about it. I love doing it. Um, it's a great opportunity for me to meet a lot of new people. Um, it's something that I enjoy. So um, it just, you know, it, it, it's become a passion. And, you know, I think I finally found my purpose. You know, I enjoy playing sports, but, you know, I think when you look at life, it's more about how can you help other people? Yeah. Um, going to the, the finance Another finance question, like I know you're you're drafted number two overall pick. So when you were coming out of college, was there like a lot of people like coming after you trying to like either be your financial advisor or like trying to get you to invest money into random startups and stuff like that? Yeah. And so, you know, when I looked at that, that was part of, you know, the interest in it because I had no idea, like one, how to choose a lot of these professionals to work with, whether it was financial or agents. Um, But then as navigating through those waters, you just kind of realize how much you don't know um, and how ill-equipped I was to be in that position, you know, financially. Like, so many people see, oh, man, you made it and you get this amount of money, but you think of guys coming out of situations who've never been in familiar territory, you know, to get that lump sum of money, but then, you know, come out of, you know, financially challenged situations growing up and upbringing, you know, that presents a burden because, you know, you want to help everyone, but then you still have to get acclimated, get adjusted to, you know, your new lifestyle. Then you're trying to get acclimated to a new city and then you have people coming in and there's, you know, some people good, some are bad, but so many opportunities um, arise and, you know, it's just so much that happens at one time that a lot of people don't understand. And Mm -hmm. so it's not like building a business where it's a gradual success or you work, you know, 30 years for a company and then you start getting a salary and then now you've made your way up the ladder. And so, so it's just a little different. So trying to really get individuals to understand that. And even, you know, the guys in those situations, like, man, listen, you can't fix the problem that you've incurred like throughout your lifespan all in one year. So, you know, coming up with a strategic plan is, is really important. And that's anyone, you know, yeah. whether you're business or an athlete or non-athlete, like, I think the same mentality is, you know, I think trying to create generational wealth, but, you know, you have to have a plan and I don't care how much money you have. You know, if you're Bill Gates, he still has a financial plan that he works and, you know, he has a lot of amount of money that he wants to spend every year and he budgets, I'm sure, um, and and gives away a certain amount. So you still have to have a plan. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You just have to, you know, have a plan. Yeah, and I think that's why also going back to when you said like athlete or not, I feel like that's why I always companies are always looking to hire athletes because like motivation got them through sports and stuff like that. Um, and then yeah, I'm I'm guessing I pretty much know I think that it's probably crazier now with social media with guys getting reached out to by random people and versus when you got drafted in 2005. Right, and it's just you know because you're so accessible. Yeah. Uh, you know, where there's social media always available, you know, and you, we walk around with these many computers, and, you know, we always have access to what's going on in the world. And, you know, you have Google that you can go find out stuff, but then, you know, just, you know, being able to get in contact with people, you know, so many ways to do that, you know, keep an eye out, see what's going on in a lot of people's lives. So, you know, you're, you're constantly exposed to, you know, uh, 
people and, you know, you have access to other people. So, you know, that is something you have to deal with and trying to navigate that piece of it. You know, I think individuals have to learn that as well. Yeah. What's your, what's your take on, like you played kind of, I'd say like during the early part of the social media age. And now it's like, I wouldn't even say it's at its peak yet. Cause I think it's still growing. Like, do you think you'd rather be like at the start or like right now, like when it's grown even more? Well, I think it's, um, you know, when you go through the maturation process, like obviously I've learned a lot more mm-hmm. since, you know, I was playing. Um, but to go back, I mean, I think these guys are a little bit more aware because I don't know if it's the concussion situation or, mm-hmm. you know, if you look across the, the professional sports, you know, guys seem to be retiring a little bit earlier with their mm-hmm. health. And, you know, so I think it's a little bit more conscious um, of what they want to do. So, you know, I think it's good and the money's, you know, going up. So, you know, I, I think there are positives to that. But then also, you know, for me, just being who I am, I just feel that, you know, my timing was when my timing was supposed to. And, you know, I feel like everything's supposed to happen, you know, always does. And so you just mm-hmm. kind of have to just roll with the punches. And, you know, now I feel obligated to be able to help a lot of these younger guys not hit the same hurdles that I hit. Yeah. Now, going back uh, to your football days, uh, what, what got you involved in football when you were young? Um. I had an older brother. Um, I have an older brother who was very like sports involved. He was involved in sports. And so he was a baseball player, played football. Um, he, he wrestled. Um, so he was really active. And then, so for me, you know, I was always interested just growing up and being around it. Um, you know, I, I became interested in it and, you know, it became my passion and, and, and ultimately for like, uh, like many other individuals, it became my escape, you know, mm-hmm. um, to get a, get away from, you know, the normal reality, the pressures of what you're dealing with. And you just get to go on that football field and, you know, have the relaxation of being in the game and just the pure joy of being, you know, uh, able to play with your buddies and have fun. Yeah. What, what was your recruiting process like out of high school? It was great. You know, I grew up a Georgia fan because mm-hmm. um, I'm from Georgia. Um, so, you know, just looking at that, you know, I didn't think about, honestly, I weren't, I wasn't thinking as a sophomore, I want to get a scholarship and go to this school or this school. I just like Georgia. Um, but, you know, I didn't know that it'd be scholarship related, whether it was football or whatever. So just in going through all of that, man, you know, just enjoying football in the process and baseball was my favorite sport growing up, actually. But, you know, just the path that was, was laid out for me, you know, it worked out. I had a, a fairly decent career in high school and, you know, got a few scholarship offers and, you know, I wasn't recruited heavily by Georgia early and then started getting a little bit more. But by that time, you know, I was feeling, you know, pretty comfortable with Auburn and Tennessee and I actually committed to Tennessee and ended up changing my mind and going down to Auburn because I just felt it was the best fit for me being from a small town. And so it worked out and, you know, I just feel like that was, the path that was chosen for me. And what what was your overall experience like uh, at Auburn? I know you, you had an amazing career there. It was great. You know, it was challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got in, I was being recruited, and obviously when you're getting recruited, you know, you see the best of the best um, when, when you tour and go to these different schools. But, you know, I think for me, you know, I got there, and then we had a, a guy by the name of Rudy Johnson who came from junior college who was a heck of an athlete, so led the SEC rushing in his first year there, went on to play professionally. And then the next season, you know, I had Cadillac Williams come in. So, you know, it, it was it was a lot of adversity, but, 
you know, it was worth it in the end. You know, it made me stronger as an individual, made me a better teammate, um, you know, and it just made me a better person. So, you know, I wouldn't change any of those experiences for anything because I feel like that's a part of my story and that's what made me, you know, who I am and I view life the ways I do. Yeah, would you say uh, you and Cadillac were one of the best duos ever? Um, I mean, I think that's depending on who you're asking. For me, yeah. I feel like we had a pretty good career. I think we complimented each other mm-hmm. really well. Um, but I wouldn't say, hey, yeah, we're the best duo ever. I just feel like we, we did what we were supposed to do. We enjoyed each other's company. Um, we were great teammates, and we had a fairly successful college career. And yeah, the year 2004 was uh, when you guys went 13 and 0, and you weren't you didn't get picked for the national championship. So, what, what was your feelings then, and then what's your feeling now with, that they had the playoff? Um, you know, I felt like we played a part in that. You know, it was unfortunate because to go undefeated in in this conference is tough enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but in doing that and not getting that opportunity, I think that's where you know the playoff system kind of evolved from like having that experience so um you know i i mean i hate that we didn't get a chance to play for the national championship but i mean i think something good came out of it and i don't think that situation will ever occur again where you see a team you know representing the sec go undefeated and not you know get a shot to be in the playoffs yeah i think that that's where today might have helped you more with the just the more media exposure Right. So, you know, I think, you know, we had to, you know, we were, we were the first one over the hill. So, you know, we had to take all the shots, I guess, um, you know, hopefully that's you know not a bad saying, but mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, we, we kind of helped aid in the process. Yeah. And what about, what was, what was like the moment when you were at Auburn that like you knew or thought you could go to the NFL? Um, really, I think, I always wanted, there's always been a lifelong dream to Mm -hmm. be an NFL player. Uh, But to get that close, um, you know, my junior year, I had, you know, a couple of seasons where I did decent. I knew there was an opportunity. I didn't know, you know, what it would look like. But, you know, I think just getting the opportunity to be in there. So it got closer. And then, you know, I didn't know what draft I wasn't thinking about. I just want to get drafted and get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't thinking, you know, everyone wants to be drafted in the first round, but, you know, at the same time, the likelihood is it, really difficult. So, you know, after my senior year, I started to realize a little bit more that, you know, just through hearing the media and just kind of uh, continuing to, you know, have the career, it was just, it became a possibility. Yeah. And um, what was it, what was it like just going like the combine and then training for the draft and then, like what were the what was it like just like hearing about where you're going to get drafted, who might draft you, stuff like that? Um, it was exciting. You mm-hmm. know, for me, it was all about getting closer to that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, you know, we're not all going to get drafted in the first round. We're not all going to, you know, uh, get an opportunity. So for me, it was just I just appreciate this opportunity that I have, and so each step you know, was a day that I embraced um, and as an opportunity to get one step closer to, to fulfilling that dream. And, you know, when I was working out, I approached it that way. And then going to the combine and even being a part of that, you know, it was an opportunity to display, you know, that comfort that I had felt because of all the preparation. And so, you know, it, it was a great opportunity for me. And I was like, you know, I wasn't really the number one guy. I wasn't the best running back coming out. I don't think in terms of, 
you know, the notoriety, but I felt comfortable what I could do and I always worked hard and, you know, I felt comfortable in giving everything that I had. So, you know, whatever happened would happen. Yeah. You're, uh, you're, you're just too, <laughs> you're just too humble on yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then what, what was draft day like? It was amazing. You know, I got an invitation. I was nervous. I didn't want to go to New York early on, but you know, uh, it was a great opportunity and decided to go up to New York and, you know, it was great to see my family and the people that experienced that day with me. Um, it was really important. Um, and I just enjoyed it. Like, I mean, never did I think that I'd be the second pick in an NFL draft, you know, a little kid out of a small town going to Auburn Mm -hmm. and then have that experience. So, you know, it was somewhat surreal even now as I look back on it, you know, but at the same time, I'm very appreciative. Um, and grateful. Um, so it was just great like to, to be there and see my family share that moment with me. It was pretty big. Did you know the Dolphins were going to pick you or did you know like what teams were like trying I did to get it. I did it. I, um, and going into it, I was looking, I thought that after Alex Smith got drafted, I was looking at Braylon Edwards. I was thinking that he'd probably get drafted next. And then I don't know what would happen, but I didn't think I'd go to somewhere like Miami. I was like, maybe I'll end up somewhere cold and you know, somewhere that none of us really want to go. But, you know, at the same time, the opportunity, it was like, I just get the opportunity to play in the NFL. So I'm cool with that. Yeah. And you, even though you just said you didn't think you were one of the best running backs, you were the first running back picked as a second pick. Um, and yeah, what was that like um, going down to Miami and playing for the Dolphins? Well, it was great, you know, for me, because I, I was saying that because I was never really considered the starting running back. So okay. um, I didn't get the bulk of the carries, but, you know, Carnell and our Cadillac and I, we had a great working relationship in terms of, you know, playing together and complimenting each other. So it was a great experience. So to get to Miami, um, it was great. The weather was great. You know, it's a great city. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to go to. So, you know, that was a huge part of it. But then luckily, you know, going to a city and a team where, I had some veteran leadership that kind of showed me the way, you know, that was, that was good. So it worked out, um, you know, the way that it should have. Um, and, you know, being in Miami, I enjoyed the city, enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the community. Um, I enjoyed being a part of that, you know, and being a part of, you know, going into and trying to give back, like I was saying to, to, to the community. Um, you know, I just kind of embraced the whole part of it and was just understanding that it was really, um, you know, a blessing to even get that opportunity. Yeah, and I think I would I want to say that you and Cadillac Williams are probably had to be the highest two running backs that were on the same team like ever. Because I don't think there was ever two running backs in the same school, you know, that were drafted yeah. top five. So yeah, which you know, which is cool about yeah. that too, because you know, he and I grew uh closer, you know, through yeah. our relationship and you know, our experiences and you know, even similar backgrounds in terms of, you know, what happens away from the football field. So we got pretty close. And so we still have a close relationship now. So, you know, that's the cool part about sports. You know, I enjoyed the game. I loved the game and the opportunities that it awarded me, but the people that I met along the way, like that was the special piece of it. Like I don't miss the game now, but I miss being in the locker room joking with those guys that I've met, um, you know, us going through workouts, us pushing ourselves, you know, beyond the limits of what we thought we could get through. And then, you know, overcoming and being in, 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 in games together and the challenges that that presented and, and winning and going through the defeats and being able to, you know, console each other. I think that's, that's what makes sports special. 
Yeah, it's definitely a common theme when I interview uh, former athletes. Uh, they always say that or what they'll miss the most. And everyone always says like the camaraderie and all that. Yeah, and that's the big part about it. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what got me to stop that. Yeah. And what, what was it like playing with Ricky Williams? It was cool. Ricky was one of my, he ended up being one of my good friends, you know. And so look at, you know, like when you see like the, I guess, like, his personality and what people thought of him on TV and then actually get in a, in a, in a meeting room with him and get to know him as a person, you know, he's one of the nicest, most, you know, um, interesting individuals, but at the same time, intelligent, um, you know, not really into, you know, a, a lot of stuff outside of playing football, wasn't interested in the part of about, you know, being a celebrity and all of that. He's just a great down to earth person. So, we got to know each other really well. He was in my wedding, so um, he and I became pretty good friends. You got you got to tell me how did how the wild card came, I meant the wildcat came about. You know, we had um, Coach David Lee, who was in Arkansas mm-hmm. with Felix Jones and Derek McFadden and Peyton, and so he actually um, had introduced it to us, and so we were talking about it, and I was. Like, Heck yeah, like I'll do it. I want to be the quarterback. I never played quarterback on any level. So to get that opportunity on that level, we were all about it. And so we put it in and, you know, I think we had explored with it a few times to practice or a couple weeks and then going into New England that week, that year, um, we were 0-2. So we pretty much had to pull out all the stops and it had success. We enjoyed it and it, it ended up working out. And then I don't know if you know, or you probably know that you're, you're the, the team that you were on with the Dolphins was the last team to win the AFC East besides the Patriots. Like, I think they said something about that when they were talking about the last team to go into New England and, and yeah. win. Um, so I think, I think I did hear something about that, or I looked at that stat or something, um, yeah, which is crazy yeah, to me. Uh, <laughs> what's that like? 11 um, years now. 10 years, 11 yeah. years ago. Like yeah. that's, that's kind of, that's kind of weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you were, you were also selected as a pro bowler that year. What, what did that mean to you? That meant a lot. You know, um, anytime your peers select you for an award, you know, it means more. And so in going through that, um, it was a great experience to get, to get that um, honor and to be out there amongst, you know, some of the best in your in your profession, um, that was pretty cool. You know, and it and it makes you want to go back um, because you know you see all these high level guys that you know play the game at a high level, and you get to be a part of that. You know, that was that was pretty cool. And then after your career with the Dolphins, uh, <clears throat> you went to the Eagles, and I know you played for San Diego for a couple of years, and you were at Houston. Um, so what? What was the rest of your career like? Um, you know, it was a learning experience. You know, obviously my time going to um, Philly was a lot different. You know, that was my first time going through and experiencing um, free agency. So I didn't actually know what I was getting into. Um, I, so I was just looking for an opportunity to go to the playoffs. Ended up going to Philadelphia um, where I thought the team was going to be, you know, pretty good. I thought we'd have a, a pretty high chance of being in the playoffs because that was a, a very talented football team. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. So 
you know, it, it was a learning experience. And my role changed drastically. You know, we had a running back, I think everybody knows, LaShawn McCoy, who was really good and talented. So, you know, being behind him and then I just didn't, I don't think I fit the scheme of what, you know, what, they, what type of offense they were running. So, you know, I had that year experience and then I went to San Diego, um, played a little bit more third down stuff behind Ryan Matthews and, you know, just tried to extend my career and was just fortunate to still be in having that opportunity to be in the NFL still. So, you know, I, I played, you know, 10 years playing running back, you know, and I think that was, you know, I was just appreciative of every moment and every season that I got to have that experience. Yeah, you definitely beat the average, which I think is like two to three years as a running back. Right. So that was, you know, so it was just, you know, me getting the opportunity to continue to do, you know, what I really enjoyed doing. Yep. Yeah. And I know we touched on it before, but what else are you doing now? Um, just uh, post career. So outside of, you know, what I, I was saying, like, you know, working with Auburn, doing, you know, the radio and then the financial professional stuff. Um, really just being a dad and a husband, like, um, you know, that I really enjoyed that. Um, the family thing is pretty cool. It's a full-time job having kids, but it's, it's probably the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And, you know, I have a little boy and a little girl enjoy, um, spending time with them. My wife, you know, she does an amazing job. So, you know, and, and that's about it outside of, you know, trying to be a, a different type of professional, um, but now, you know, doing the bad thing and doing the family thing. Yeah, would you let your uh, son play football? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I, one, I couldn't tell him not to because, yeah. you know, I feel like I've subjected him to being around it. Like, even now, we go to Auburn, he goes to the football games, and then a lot of my buddies, and then at the house, there's a lot of Auburn stuff, and then we have, you know, NFL jerseys from guys that, you know, I played with. So, he's always around it, and he just naturally seems that he's picked up on it, and he likes it, so... We'll see what happens. He chose ba- baseball, though, or yeah. another sport. Either, yeah, but, you know, like, I definitely won't push him to play it. But, you know, if he chooses to, then you know, that's his choice. Yeah, we know that, that baseball money is different. <laughs> uh, you ready for some fun questions? We're going to go from average to savage. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite song right now? Man, I don't listen to much music. I listen to mostly old school stuff. So, right. um, I've been kind of listening to Jay Z's "Old Reasonable Doubt" uh, All right. album. And what about who would be one one player that you'd want to exchange jerseys with that you didn't? Uh, I like to get a. Deion Sanders jersey, or if it was somebody that played around the same time, uh, I like Marshawn Lynch. All right, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then what what NFL team do you root for now? Um, I don't really have a team. I I mean, I root for the Dolphins mm-hmm. when I see them, and then hometown Falcons. So I guess that's the two teams that I probably root for the most. And then if you didn't play football, what do you think you'd be doing? If I hadn't played, yeah, um, I don't know where the course of life would have taken me. Um, I probably would have tried it in in baseball. All right, did you play baseball in high school? Yeah, gotcha. All right, well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, could you let the followers know where they could follow you at? Uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Ronnie Twenty Three Brown. Um, you know, business inquiries, um, you know, on LinkedIn as well. Um, 
So pretty much all the social media, but Instagram and Twitter is Ronnie23Brown. There you go. Yeah, LinkedIn is big now, I think, with getting with athletes. Yeah. Everybody's trying to figure out what to do next, what, yeah. you know, what kind of transition you want to make. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, again, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll be in touch. Okay, sounds good.